0: I've got Dennis Isbister on the podcast today from the TV show, Wild Fish, Wild Places. This is the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. Welcome to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show, where you discover tips, tricks, and tools from the leading names in fly fishing today. We'll help you on your fly fishing journey with classic stories covering steelhead fishing, fly tying, and much more. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Thanks for stopping by the Fly Fishing Show. We are headed to uh, Pyramid Lake with one lucky winner as part of the fly fishing giveaway uh, that's ending pretty soon here. Head over to wetflyswing.com slash giveaway to enter for a chance at a trip to Pyramid Lake and some other great products we're giving away to some other lucky winners. Uh, be great to uh, to see in the in the big giveaway uh, today. Dennis breaks down he, Pyramid Lake and his life growing up uh, in one of the big destination trips in the West and how he produced a TV show that's almost twelve years old and still going strong. We hear about the story of how Pyramid Lake was revived by uh, one of the biologists out there who used genetics uh, from a long lost um, population and now some. 20-plus uh, cutthroat trout are being uh, caught up there. It's pretty amazing. Find out why they use ladders, what the popcorn beetle is all about, and um, and why and how they chum up cutthroat in a boat. So without further ado, here is Dennis Hizbister from Wildfish Wild Places. How's it going, Dennis? Good, buddy. Good. How are you? Good. Good, uh, good to be uh, recording here. This is, uh, is going to be a fun one. We're going to dig into uh, the the greatness of Pyramid Lake and all the amazing stuff that uh, is going on out there uh, a little bit on the giveaway and, and, and your, you know, your background and stuff, but uh, maybe you can just start there is tell us about, uh, you know, wild fish wild places is a TV show that's been going on for quite a number of years. Can you talk about how you first got into fly fishing and then how, how you got into a TV
1: show? Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, been doing it 12 years now. Wild Fish Wild wow. Place has been on air for 12 years, which is crazy to me. But um, yeah, I was uh, I was in the construction world for most of my life before that was a contractor, and uh, you know everything crashed as we all know uh, back in the day in 08 and 07, uh, and had uh, you know we all got our lives turned around some way or another, and I decided that I was going to drop everything and start a fishing TV show, which was a lot more difficult than I ever had realized <laughs> yeah did
0: did you just uh you kind of thinking well we'll just press uh, record and then we 'll post some some videos or what were you thinking i mean what, no, what was your background I, before that
1: so i had i I had done some work in the hunting in the waterfowl hunting end of things. Uh, and it kind of started there. So I had a little bit of a relationship with uh, some guys that were successful, a guy that was successful on that end of it. Um, I'd done some filming waterfowl hunting and, um, I, I was, I felt good on camera and I had the connections and I thought that there was. Uh, uh, something missing in the fishing world. Um, you know, like what we do, you know, the trick the, Mm -hmm. the travel, the adventure, the, uh, maybe the kind of crazy fish along with what we do. And I just kind of, I basically sold everything I owned, Hmm. moved into an old house that I grew up in and remodeled it and drove a 1998 mercury tracer around for a few (laughs) years and paid for. And, uh, Yeah, borrowed a bunch of money because the deal with outdoor television is you got to have the airtime before you can drag anybody in. It was tough, man. It was a tough go to start with. Honestly, it was. uh, You know, I literally had potential sponsors tell me to get the f out of their booth at ICAST because times were so tough, and they had already fired many people that they were already working with. And yeah, it was a struggle, man. It was uh, five, six years of really just you know, nothing, um, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there, just enough to keep the show going. And anyway, um, huh. they've built up some great relationships at this point now and things are better. And, and, uh, now it's a, you know, it's going great.
0: Yeah. How did you, I mean, there's so much to, I mean, that's an amazing story. First of all, I, I love the, I ask the questions a lot on here. I've had a lot of successful people and you know, and, and I always love to hear that question, you know, of, you know, did you, when did you know you were, you were all in and you, you jumped <laughs> off, right? I mean, you totally, and after this crash, you just jumped in and went for it.
1: Yeah. You know, I tried a little bit, um, to do a little bit of construction. Um, I tried a little bit still, Yeah. but it's in business, I believe it's one of those things. Um, you don't dabble. You don't t- touch your toe, you know, mm-hmm. dip your toe in the water to see what's going to happen. You're either all in or you're all out. And that's yep. just the way I've always done th- done stuff. And that's what I did. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to go all in on this. And I'm either going to, you know, crash and burn or we're going to come out the other side still rolling.
0: Yep. Yeah, that, that is cool. Yeah, so you jump in at the, the the bottom when there's no money. It's amazing, right? Because you go <laughs> yeah. in there so you go into something that's probably even more challenging than what you were in. But you were passionate about it, right? Now with fishing, can you talk about I mean, where, so where did you grow up?
1: Uh Nevada, yeah. I'm from northern Nevada, a little town called Fallon. I was born and raised and you know, that's where all my businesses are now and, uh-huh. and uh yeah, out here in northern Nevada that's in the it. desert.
0: That's it. And obviously, Pyramid yeah. Lake is uh, – how, how far is Pyramid Lake from your hometown?
1: Pyramid's about an hour.
0: Yeah, yeah. So right there. So jump in the car. It's right here. Hop over. That's amazing. So, okay. Yeah. Well, well, we're going we're gonna to dig into to Pyramid for sure. Um, yeah, I just want to touch a little bit more on that, you know, your show. So you, you get in there. And did you have, like, fishing-wise, you, you jump into it. Did you know anybody in the industry? How, how did all that work?
1: So I did know some people in the industry, a few. Um, I knew a few reps, Um, a few guys in the rep business, um, you know, a a handful of people here and there that would lead me to some introductions, which, you know, helped a little bit. But, uh, what I learned down the road was those were, those guys were going to be my, they were going to be my lead ins to a lot of these places. And once I got my feet under me and, you know, when we were putting out good content and we're starting to crush it for other sponsors and people, You know, these guys would be the ones that, you know, take me by the hand basically and walk me right up to the guy that can make a decision, and say, "You need to talk to this guy," and that's what it takes in any business, right? There's there's always a whole bunch of minions that can tell you no, and there's only one guy that can tell you yes, and you you need to find out who that one person is.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So basically, you found some of those people, and now you've built a bunch of relationships and. You've got some right. Spon- I mean, sponsors. Is that a big part of the TV game? I mean, you have to have sponsors to. You know, I mean, you got to get the money from somewhere. Uh, it's someone, the right? only part. That's it.
1: Yeah, it's the only part of the TV game. Yeah. Um, is um, your relationships with these companies, these manufacturers, and you know, I've added on that, and, and you know, been owners of my own manufacturing and part owner and blah blah blah. But yeah, sponsorships the the deal. You have to pay. Um, for your airtime, you know, you have to pay for your commercials, you have to pay for, you know, production and travel and all that stuff. And all that comes out of your sponsorship budget. And so, yeah, building strong relationships with these manufacturers and, you know, sponsors and building them stuff that is useful to them yeah. and working harder than everybody else. They're getting it's amazing. I mean, they, those, these guys get 10 emails a day.
0: Oh, I know. Of I know. People
1: looking to hitting them up and looking for yep. money and stuff from them. And, and, uh, yeah, yep. you got to make sure that they don't ever forget about you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear it. I, I know all the
0: sponsored game. I mean, I've, it's definitely takes some time. You know, it's, it, I think it is all about building those relationships because those people, you know, if they don't know you from anywhere, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, that's not a good place to, to ask, ask for something, right? You got to, you got to build. Right. So it takes time. Yep yeah so let, let's dig you know wildfish wild places. can you the, the TV show I've watched a little bit of it i I could tell what it you know what I feel like I mean it's a pretty amazing show what, what Can you describe it to somebody who's never watched it before?
1: Yeah if it's if you've never seen Wildfish wild places, it is um it's a fun TV show it's It's a lot of interaction with people. It's culture. We do a lot of travel on the show, hence the name. Um, you know, we try to add some really crazy exotic species and travel into part of our season as well as the backyard type fisheries, the part of the season. So, yeah, if you've never seen it before, um, you can go to Amazon Prime uh, and watch Wild Fish, Wild the World Fishing Network, the newest contents there. And we're getting ready to launch a YouTube channel coming up here pretty soon. But uh, if you go and, and look for those shows, you're going to see Vampire Fish from the hmm. jungles of columbia i mean you know pyra the pyra are one of the coolest fish you'll ever see uh big dagger teeth and you know big big trips up into this jungle uh camping on the river peacock bass in the amazon swimming with the piranhas nice. uh spotlighting caimans at night um you know just this just this kind of crazy stuff and that's just what i love to do and and uh you know you see all the other stuff too alaska fly fishing we do a lot of alaska fly fishing and wading and you know going toe to toes with the bears and um you know big lake trout up north and big pike and uh, walleye you know we we do a lot of different stuff i try to mm-hmm. never ever do bass if I could never do a largemouth bass episode. Oh, no, okay. really? No, no largemouth bass? <laughs> <laughs> Not that they got anything against largemouth bass. I love – everybody loves catching some largemouth bass. Yeah. It's just part of the – it's just been so overdone. And that's one of the reasons why I came up with Wild Fish, Wild Places and what it was uh, is at that time, it was like every other show well, – more than that, 80 90% of the shows were – bass fishing shows and yeah the other the hunting shows 80 percent of them were whitetail hunting shows it's like you know we gotta yep. put something out there for the rest of the people in the world
0: so. <laughs> totally are there other uh now i mean you spend 12 years which is amazing i mean 12 years just seems like such a huge chunk of time you know it's, yeah. it's cool to hear that um are there other tv shows now doing uh like what you're doing pretty much with the you know the fly i mean you do fly fishing and do you do both cover both yeah or, a
1: lot we do a lot of both and that's you know I've been fly fishing since I was eight years old. I love to fly fish, but I equally love trolling and I equally love casting and I equally love every aspect of fishing. I truly, truly just love fishing. Um, and there's, um, and so we add all of that to the show. Um, you know, fi- fly fishing is such a small portion of the overall, um, fishing world. It's crazy. You know, we love yeah. fly fishing and, you know, we, Connect with fly fishermen and et cetera, et cetera. But I think in the grand scheme of things, it's like two or three percent. Oh, it's tiny. Yeah, tiny. Um, so yeah, we we do we tie it all in and do and do everything. But like say say that um, you know that Piara show that we did, you'll see both in the same episode. You know, we'll be yeah. chucking streamers for them oh, and cool, then throwing big jerk baits or something too. So. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, it's cool. I think that. Um you know, I think the people that I've interviewed on here, some of the best guests I've had, including like Kelly Gallup and people, you know, they're people that always mention just that. They say they love, you know, the conventional fishing. You know, they love talking to people and it's a great way to learn and get better at fly fishing. And I think fly fishing has so has had a stigma in the past of, you know, this this uppity, you know, I'm a fly fisher. Right. And I think the more people that realize that it's just fishing, I think it, it I think it's better, right? It's better for that person. I think it's better for the fly fishing industry too, you know plus not Absolutely. to mention your marketing right you're, you're getting a bigger audience so that's that's a big thing
1: you're right and that's what we talk to people about all the time um the you know the most important thing for us as fly fishing lovers is to get more people into fly fishing exactly. you know unfortunately i mean we it's one of those double-edged swords things but the way to get more people into fly fishing is to not be snobby and You know, address that, you know, try to help people get into fly fishing and be nice to, them. (laughs) you know, there was a stigma. You're right. And we see it still at at certain shows and stuff. It's out there. And we preach on the show all the time. We talk about it. It's just another way to catch a fish. Fly fishing or whatever you're doing, it's another tool in your toolbox. That's what you, you should learn how to do it all because Kelly is absolutely right. If you understand those fish on a different level
0: mm-hmm.
1: whatever it might be you're gonna be a better fly fisherman and and my buddy Austin and i talk about it all the time at pyramid specifically which we're gonna be talking about here soon mm-hmm. well i fish the i fish out of my boat more than i fish off a ladder at pyramid but i guess what when i find fish out of my boat in spots we'll be the first one to get to fish them off a ladder <laughs> because nobody else knows they're there yet
0: no oh, that's cool that's cool and that's because pyramid Lake is yeah maybe you can describe it because pyramid lakes kind of is it there's certain ends of the lake that are always changing and like with sandbars and stuff is that is that the way it works
1: well a little bit not so much as the as the sandbars and stuff changing um that does happen a little bit here and there you know the bottom will etch out a little bit yeah. or some you know we had some flash floods a few years ago that changed a lot um, but we've just generally had a lot of water in the last three four years and the water is at historic levels right now so that's kind of changed historically the game. high the fish historically high yeah it's uh it's changing a lot um you know the, the water is up to a level which i've never seen in my lifetime Wow. and it's a it's an actual lake and it's a caustic uh terminal lake which means there's inflow from the Truckee river but no outflow which means the only way that the water leaves is through evaporation, which makes it alkaline, salty, oh, yeah. uh, which is why the Lahontan cutthroat is the fish that lives there. Um, they are adapted to oh, wow. living in those sort those sorts of conditions uh, when other fish won't live in there.
0: Gotcha. So, yeah, it's interesting. And that's the Lahontan cutthroat trout, which um, – yeah, I mean I talked to uh, Brian you know obviously Brian uh, with got fishing he's kind of our partner in this giveaway which we'll talk about as well uh, a little bit later on um, but yeah he was noting that that same thing as well so it's it's interesting there's the Lahotans and you know I fish for him a little bit a lot a lot of the smaller ones and where we're talking about pyramid gets some fish can you talk about the size and because you get fish over 20 pounds there right
1: uh, yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Um, so uh, a little backstory here. In fact, I fished it yesterday oh, cool. and my uncle and I fished it yesterday, testing some new plugs and some different things. And, and we were laughing because when I was a, a, you know, a kid and even a young adult, we would work our butts off and fight the waves and all that stuff for little, you know, mm-hmm. little, uh, you know, little Lahan cutthroats that were, you know, 18, to 20 inches you know if you caught which a five nice. pounder you were
0: which is nice yeah, 18 20 is, is still nice right
1: yeah it's still nice and uh we've gotten spoiled and so kind of a quick backstory there of what happened so years and years ago um and now the, the state actually was the took you know had the lake and w- was in charge of the fisheries and stuff and they put a lot of different fish in there to see what would take because the Lahontan cutthroat basically went extinct out of there hmm. um and then when the tribe took it back over, they got rid of all the stuff that was in there. Started putting Summit Lake strain of Lahontan cutthroats in there, and they're a big red fish. Uh, they grow very slow. They they love cold water. They don't grow very fast. There's um, you know there's a lot of different biology and stuff there. Mm-hmm. And about ten years ago, uh, they introduced a new strain, which they found at a place called Pilot Peak, Nevada. And they kind of assumed that when they were starting to go extinct, some guys, you know, they planted them all over, all over the place, and they ended up with this strain of Lahontan cutthroat that was almost identical. They they cross checked it with an old mount at the museum at UNR, and they it's a I, almost identical to that mount. Hmm. So they started breeding these fish for this leg and what they ended up with was this pilot peak strain that is growing on average a half an inch a month and they they've got a they've got a different attitude they've they (laughs) they don't mind the warm water they are super active all the time they have a little bit different shaped head for eating more like eating minnows bigger teeth Uh, a a different like a bullet shaped head instead of a longer snout like the summits do and they just tear things up and they are uh, and they're getting huge and so you know part part of these fish that are getting really big are the summits as well um they've been planting if i'm correct a couple you know half and half still half summits half pilots and um so the summits are getting big too but yeah that's kind of what's going on here and now Like, we caught a seven and an eight pounder yesterday. We didn't even take a picture of it. No kidding. You know, yeah, I mean, we didn't catch anything bigger, but, you know, (laughs) we're getting spoiled. You know, we caught a seven pounder and an eight pounder back to back. I was like, oh, yeah, it's a nice fish. Let it off and, you know, at the side of the boat.
0: That's amazing.
1: I mean, there's 20 pounders. You know, there's 18 to 20 pounders every day getting caught out there, every day
0: wow and that's what's cool i think that's why it's such a destination is that you know for you guys you're getting tired of the seven pounders but for some people that that's their trout of a lifetime you know what i mean
1: absolutely and i have to remember that a lot of times you know i donate a lot of trips to charity and different things and and uh you know we took some boy scout kids out there a couple of years ago and first fish they bring in it's probably the smallest fish i had on my line all year honestly i mean it was you know 18 inches 16 inches they're just a a tiny little fish comes flopping in and i about out of my mouth says i was just gonna flip him off like oh that's tiny and this kid loses his mind it's the biggest fish he's ever caught in life you know and so i have to you know make sure i i check myself a lot because you know like you said those those fish that we're releasing at the side of the boat are most a lot of people's fish of a lifetime you know trout especially
0: yeah totally so let's 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 start there. So if you can, you know, talk. So we got a little bit of background of the the fish, the biology. There's these monster, freaking, crazy twenty pound plus fish. Um, but if you take us back before that, to say, you know, kind of the the Native Americans or just wherever you want to go, but go back in history and give us a, more of a big, broader perspective on the lake and like they're the, what Lake Lahontan, right? It was the original name of the the lake?
1: Well, yeah, it, it was. Uh... Ancient Lake Lahontan was like, you know, the dinosaur. Oh, okay. It was way back there, but yeah. Gotcha. The little history of Pyramid Lake when uh, in 1864, I believe John Fremont was exploring uh, this end of the world. And he came across Pyramid Lake uh, from the north. And as he dropped in, it was in January, there was snow on the ground a thick layer of fog he actually thought that he had reached the ocean uh and so him and his team actually made his way made their way around the east side of the lake which is unbelievably brutal and hmm. rugged and uh they got down to the pyramid and they had they encountered indians as they were going along these mm-hmm. uh, native americans had their, you know their caves and all their stuff and they get down to the pyramid and he documented the natives were feeding him these giant trout (laughs) that in their opinion was better than the salmon that they were eating up in Oregon. And so what happened was this discovery led to the silver rush of Nevada, um, you know, roundabout. So the silver rush happened in Nevada. Everybody knew these giant, giant fish were in this lake. They actually built a railroad uh, down to the down and around the lake that led up to uh, Virginia City to feed the miners. So they commercially hmm. fished this lake for a long time, um, taking these fish up to the mining camps. And Fred Crosby, whose family actually owned the lodge on the lake, um, his grandpa commercially fished the lake in the in the late 1800s, early 1900s, and. He what he used to do, he used to get in a rowboat and he'd have a big a big line, like a chalk line, uh, a weight and a spinner, a big basically like a giant Panther Martin, if you will. And he would row his boat and he would try to find like scum lines out in the lake and row his big boat and that's how he would commercially fish the lake to send to the miners.
0: <laughs> hmm. No kidding. So,
1: yeah, and so, so eventually what happened was the, the lake, we put dams on the Truckee River. Oh, right. Um, and we commercially fished the thing basically to extinction. Yep, yep, that's it. Which now, you heard the stories before that about how the fish are getting giant. It is one of the greatest um, biology success stories mm-hmm. uh, in recent history. We are actually taking down some of the diversion dams. Um, and putting a fish ladder in there, still allowing to have the dam to divert water because we still need water in those areas, but we're allowing the fish to move up river now, and they documented um fifteen hundred i think fifteen hundred fish mm-hmm. spawning in the river last year
0: nice, nice, that is an awesome success story and yeah you know i'm I'm really excited at this you know again this giveaway we're doing i'm going to be meeting up with you and you know brian and the winner of the the contest on you know up there i've, I've never been there it's it's pretty amazing so i'm I'm jacked to see because it it's pretty yeah. bu- it's pretty beautiful too isn't just the natural uh, area pretty amazing
1: it is beautiful it's an amazing place it is unlike anything else you, you've ever fished before it you know you get on ladders and you know you stand you stand there and the weather can be terrible or it can be beautiful and it's beautiful high desert and you know it's um it is a lot of fun i tell you yeah. what there people you can see why people get hooked on it and uh yeah it's a really good time and then when you guys come out too we'll take the boat and i'll take you to the other side of the lake where you know nobody else can access unless you have a boat
0: so uh-huh. pretty cool. nice nice and yeah maybe we can dig into that on the ladders what what is the you know so when you go you know when you go there is everybody just bringing their ladder and throwing it? what and what is the ladder all about can you talk about the fishing and how that all works
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it kind of started with milk crates a long time ago, Uh, and and guys would take milk crates just so they could get a little bit higher out of the water, because it's cold, you know, when you're fishing out here right now, it's it's cold. So you get out of the water a little bit, you're able to cast a little better, you stay a little warmer. Well, that kind of um, led to ladders, you know, six foot Mm -hmm. construction ladders or step stools. And now um, we have like some super badass (laughs) you know like aluminum a-frame stands with a stand you know casting platform and a a seat like a boat seat on them and so (laughs) you're working a ledge there's a when i teach seminars and stuff uh, i refer to like the the primary and the secondary ledge that runs around the whole lake there's a ledge that starts you know anywhere from five to eight ten feet and goes out to 20 feet um and, and depending on where you're at in the lake there's a shelf in between the two and early in the morning, late in the evening, or when the weather gets bad, those fish move right in tight to that primary ledge, that first ledge, and that's kind of where you position those ladders, and you're fishing that first ledge right there, and, um, you know, a lot of guys are running, you know, indicators, bobbers, um, balance leeches, big coronamids that are specific for this lake, Um, and then the other thing is stripping, you know, a lot of guys strip Uh, popcorn beetles and these different flies that are specific for pyramid lake and there's a you know a specific line and a specific way that you strip them that just like anywhere else you go you know it all changes yeah gotcha
0: gotcha and what so if somebody wanted to buy one of those super comfortable captain's chair ladders where would they get one
1: you know what i don't know honestly i know you used to be able to get them um at Crosby Lodge uh they sold it this last year so I don't know if he's still carrying Pyramid Lake Lodge is still carrying them in uh the store or not but that would be the place that I would check still there and then I think you might be able to get them like at um Sportsman's Warehouse too oh yeah maybe Gotcha. Yeah, they might have a guy making them. There's a handful of guys around that make them. Yeah,
0: they make them. Okay, I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes. I'll track one down and, and throw that in there so people can check them out. So if we're going there and like, so if we were going there, and what is the is there a um you know best time of the year? Can you take us through the seasons there when you would fish or when you would say if somebody had one chance to go there when they would when they should go?
1: Yeah, for sure. So you know the beginning of the season. Uh, it's been a little different the last couple of years. Uh, which it opens in october uh, it closes july august september uh, opens back up in october um, if you know it's uh the fish are usually a little deep uh, chasing schooled up to each chub um you know coming up and whacking bait in the mornings and the evenings and then kind of laying back down so fly fishing specifically if you're going to go in october um, make sure you have a tube with you, so you okay. know, something to get out there a little ways. Um, November, it turns over at some point, as soon as we get a first cold snap, it turns over and the fish immediately move shallow. Uh, you know, in the boat, we'll be running plugs in like, you know, six to 12 feet of water. The, fi- the fly fishermen will be starting to whack them off the ladders. That's when Brian and I caught, and you know, I caught a 15 and a half pounder with Brian, um, you know, that was right those first couple of weeks it turns over. Uh, guys will fly fish out of a boat, kind of starting to key into that a little bit. Hmm. Uh, you have seeing a little bit more of that. There was some guys uh, when we were filming out there uh, out of the boat, we were trolling plugs. These guys were uh, anchored, you know, with an electric mm-hmm. fly fishing, and he landed an 18-pounder when we were right there. Nice. And, you know, we had, a, we had a 16, and we had a 20-plus to the boat that day, so
0: huh.
1: – um, if you can time it right when it turns over, that's a great time to be there. A lot of people get here. A lot of people travel here in April, uh, March and April. That's a really big time for the fly guys to be here. They're mm-hmm. booked out in the lodge almost exclusively, um, and yeah. it, it's a really good time to be here.
0: So. Yeah, and that's because March and April, you get out of the. It's not as super cold and nasty, and the fishing's still good. Or I mean, could wait, the yeah, fishing be good kind in of January? yeah
1: yeah i mean it's good it's good all year it just kind of depends um so i in my opinion um and this is the kind of fishing that we have fly fishing that i've experienced you know obviously there's other people that say it different but this time of year that december january into february you're probably going to if you spend some time you're going to catch a big fish like Mm. but It's probably not going to be big number types of days, right? You're going to be, you're fishing for two or three fish a day type of thing. But, you know, one of them is going to be big. You're going to get, you're one of those fish that takes down your bobber or or takes your fly is going to be a big, big fish. So that's kind of the trade-off. You go into March and April, um, it starts to get to be numbers, you know, And, and you're still obviously got big fish roaming around too. Yeah. Um, you just start catching more fish, and then you go into May and June, um, and May and June are kind of a sleep, the sleeper months for me. A lot of people give up after they start spawning and and they leave. And for me, that, that's when I fish out of the boat a lot. Um, and you can fly fish out of the boat a lot that time of year. But you know, out of the boat, we're catching seventy five hundred fish days. With you know every every day, we're catching you know something in that fourteen to eighteen pound range every day you know you're not even taking pictures of 10 pounders anymore yeah um and it's epic and you there's ways that you could throw streamers out of the boat that time of year too um or uh, you know a pontoon boat in the right spots and guys are still catching them off ladders too so mm-hmm. um, that's kind of it just changes a little bit i see you
0: know? i see so basically is it is it that the water temperature as it continues to warm up fish get more active or why are they you know later in the spring is it post spawn oh
1: okay yeah yeah, they go into the, you know, pre spawn is March, April, May. You know, April's the spawn, and, you know, they get stupid and crazy and they're doing their stuff. You can still catch a lot of fish in April, close. You know, they come in right into the bank uh, in April, and then they do their thing and they move back into the lake. And post spawn, they are eating everything in sight, everything. Oh, <laughs> right. There you go. <laughs> they're just chasing bait and the bait schooled up pretty <laughs> heavy. I mean, we'll we'll sit on a school running tubes you know tube jigs and um you know you'll you'll have 100 fish days no problem no kidding
0: what yeah. you know if we stay on the um you know on the fly fishing side so if somebody was listening to this they, they'd probably be interested in, in you know trying to hit the fly you know with the flies what is there you know i mean what would you recommend for somebody going out there is it definitely you need you need a ladder to do it if say they were yeah open? you do
1: yeah, if you're going if you're going to fly fish out there and you're gonna gonna go over there for the first time, you definitely need a, a handful of things that are specific to Pyramid Lake. Uh, warm warm waders with boots, um, lots of layers, obviously um, a ladder. You know, you can get by with a six foot six foot construction ladder, no problem. Uh, it's a little bit less comfortable for sure than than the uh, the platforms that we use, yep. but you could definitely get by with it. Um, you need an eight weight floating line, uh, and indicators, floor carbon, you know, 18, 20 pound floor carbon. And then I would also suggest the correct sinking line, which the, most guys are using a full sink with like a teeny, mm-hmm. you know, sinking line with the, you know, the amnesia backing or whatever it is that sinks. I don't fish that a lot myself. Yeah. Um, cause if I am throwing straight. You know, streamer stuff, I'm usually out of a boat throwing like a striper line. But if you're fishing off the bank, research that a little bit, but get a full sink line. But the key is if you're stripping bugs on the bottom, that you're running a mono leader, and this is my opinion, and and I know some guys, a lot of the guys out there will agree, but a mono leader so it floats a little bit. And you're going to be wanting to run uh, the beetles, popcorn beetles like chartreuse. They make a beetle fly for that lake hmm. specifically called the popcorn beetle, mm-hmm. um, and it is a, like a chartreuse chenille uh, with a white foam back and a little lip on it with a tail um and it and it kind of wiggles almost like a little flatfish, and what you do is you you run about a three foot leader off of the right off the end of your line, so it's only sitting a few inches off the bottom and you pop it three times bump 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 hmm. pause, boom 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 pause you gotta that's yep. probably the most important thing so
0: there you go so basically you're just it's so like you said you find that channel the best thing would be when they come into that channel between the the ledges and they're sitting in there and you can cast to them and you just basically let your full singing line just drop to the bottom and is it is it a sandy bottom yep. or is it what what's the yep. bottom
1: it's almost all sand, um, yeah. along those spots that you're running that, you know, there's some stuff, the stuff that I target, you know, coming up here pretty soon. Um, I will start targeting some rocky areas cause the midges and, you know, those coronamids fish well there, but they, they start keying in the rocks for a couple months now for some reason, you know, they're in the sand a little bit too, but, um, you know, they make it, they transition around the lake, you know, they know where the food's at and, and, uh, so if you're in those rocky areas, obviously the, the bobber and the balance leech or bobber and a Corona is going to be the ticket.
0: Yeah. I gotcha. Okay. So yeah, that's the, the where the different techniques. So you do have the time with the full sinking line is great where it's not going to get snagged up and you can drop it down to the bottom and, and pop it. Right. But a lot, a lot of times, yeah, if you're in the sna- more snaggy areas, Rocky, you're going to do a, a bobber and, and balance leech or something like that.
1: Yep. Indicator. Exactly. Yep. Indicator. Indicator. Yep. Yep. No, it's a bobber. I know. <laughs> That's the, I love
0: it. <laughs> it's definitely a bobber. Yeah, it's, it's a bobber. Uh, so, and, and what do you, for you, so what do you think when you just, you're out, you go out there to fish. I mean, you, you do both, but do you say, I mean, percentage wise, do you fish more, uh, more in your boat doing plugs or do you more do more yeah. fly fishing or?
1: I do mo- I do more pyramid lake fishing out of my boat. Yeah. Know? And, and, uh, you know, we will fly fish out of my boat for sure, but, I just enjoy Pyramid Lake uh, fishing out of my boat. You know, running plugs or um, you know jigs. We we do a lot of uh, like tubes and swim. You know, swim bait, swim jig techniques. Um, but yeah, we there's a time of the year though too where, uh, if you can believe it, we actually decoy fish May and June to the back of the boat. We actually run a string of flashers fish flash spoons Mm -hmm. with no hooks on them in the prop wash as we're going about two and a half miles an hour and those fish actually decoy to the back of the boat and then we throw big streamers in right in front of their face and strip strip and they just come over and eat it oh wow it's unbelievable and most people the shake their head they're like what, what's wrong with you <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's cool so so if somebody you know here listening to
0: this probably they probably want to try to get one on a fly and say for this let's talk about this giveaway what would that look like to them you know if 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 they're gonna get, get into this giveaway are we gonna get a chance to put them on on a fly you know on a fly on a on a fish or what? what is oh, yeah. that no yeah.
1: no doubt like and i say the majority of my time is out of a boat but i still fish it more than the average person off of a ladder and a <laughs> I, oh, okay, yeah. I fish, you know, I fish the, I fish the lake, you know, 60, 70 days a year. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, I still fish and yeah, absolutely. You know, most guys that love fly fishing, they want to come over, they want to stand on a ladder and they want to see what this is all about. Cause it is a unique fishery. I mean, yeah. there is no place else in the world where nope. you can do this and get on a ladder and you see a bunch of people lined up. So yeah, yep. uh, this giveaway is going to be awesome because we're going to have the winner come over and we're going to have it dialed before they get here. And we're going to all go out and have, you know, get on a ladder and have some fun and you really figure out, you know, figure out the fishery. They can, you know, they can do whatever they want. But if, you know, if the weather is good and it looks good, we might even be able to jump in the boat and go to the other side of the lake and fly fish it as well, which doesn't get to happen very often.
0: Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So, and yeah, and we'll let the winner, uh, whoever wins the, to, make a decision on you yeah, know, when they absolutely. want to go and all that, and we can talk to them about it. And Yeah, yeah, so this is cool. So, yeah, I mean, definitely the ladder thing. I mean, I think, you know, just for me thinking of it, I think it would be cool, yeah, you go there, the ladder. And it seems like, guys, you wonder why hasn't the ladder picked up in other lakes around the world, right? Because right. is this the unique lake for some reason that no other lake is like it?
1: Yeah, I mean, somewhat. But, um, you know, when we were at Jurassic Lake, you know, down in Argentina, it's very very similar style and there's a couple places that we fish monster bay being one of them where it would be perfect Mm -hmm. you know you could get a ladder out there it'd be wonderful
0: there you go there you go you should start promoting the uh your your ladders selling them for jurassic lakes uh, (laughs) guide trips yeah (laughs) cool uh, so yeah, so I guess uh, you know anything else about the actual fishing? Let's let's just think somebody was going over there on their own. They they weren't hooking up with this this giveaway. They're just going to fish it. What any other tips or you know? The, it sounds like the rod is kind of a seven to to nine weight sort of thing.
1: It, it it's long, on. you know, the ten footers for the indicator stuff that I use. Actually, that's what I used the Jurassic too. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's always a good idea. But if you got an eight weight, you know, regular eight weight, no problem. You'll be fine um i think a, a couple good tips would be to talk to the local fly shop go to the you know the reno fly shop or call the reno fly shop they're great at giving out information mm-hmm. and maybe go hook up with a guide one day you know yep. go out with mike anderson from there he's a wonderful guy and super knowledgeable he's on fish every day out there so you know um maybe go with the guide one day kind of get the lowdown, get the rigging set up because just like we talked about very specific there's stuff that um is gonna you know sometimes change change the game, but if not, at least talk to the renal fly shop and see you know get a get a report and see what's going on. Yeah. Yeah,
0: no, it's always a good tip. I think the, the getting the guide for at least one day is a, is a definitely a good, uh, a good thing to do. So, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, well, we'll, I'll put some links, uh, some you know, in the show notes to some of the, the Reno shop and some other things. Any other, um, you know, when you think about resources, any other things, you know, people can watch or read or anything that can get them ready for pyramid to learn about. I mean, the, the balanced leech thing is, I mean, some people might not even know anything about it. Uh, any tips on that?
1: Yeah, that's actually kind of a newer thing. I wrote an article for California Fly Fishing Magazine um, a few years back when it was brand new, so it is mm. relatively a new concept. And so the balance, the balance leech is basically a ninety-degree jig hook uh, tied with a sewing needle at the beginning, out the front of it to get it to where it, you know, it hangs, it hangs in the water like a like a bait fish instead of vertical. You know, it yeah. hangs. Like it's supposed to, and it looks natural in the water. And um, you know, they've—I fish balance leeches a lot of places. In fact, Jurassic—that's basically all we fished hmm. when we went down there the last time—is balance leeches. They—they yep. they do great. So yeah, look into some balance leeches. Um, you know how to where to get them. They got them all, all at the fly shop and yeah. you know the local places around. But yeah, um, there's a lot of info out there now, as everybody knows. You know, the yep. internet's full of good stuff. Pay attention to. You know, pay attention to where you're supposed to go, um, and the the rules and regulations out there. When you come to Pyramid, it's tribal land, not state, so you don't need a state fishing license. That's a good tip. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just need a tribal pass, a, a permit, a fishing permit. Um, if you're going to camp, you need a camping permit. If you're going to boat, you need a boating. What permit. tribe
0: is it? What, what what's the tribe out there? A
1: Paiute, Paiute, oh. Shoshone.
0: Paiute, Shoshone, Paiute, Shoshone. Okay, yep. cool, cool, and. and- Right. So they're in half the, or not half, but a chunk of the lake is actually off, you know, it's only tribal land.
1: Yeah. So the whole, all of it's tribal and there's one section in the middle at Sutcliffe where the the lodge is that is, has been annexed in. Um, and the Pyramid Lake Lodge owns that and the accommodations there. So those are good people to talk to. If you're going out there to stay, if you're going to camp, um, obviously check the regulations. If you're going to stay with the Pyramid Lake Lodge, get in line (laughs) get it there ahead of time uh but reno's not too far away either you know reno and fernley are 30 minutes away it's not a bad place to stay either one of those um but the what's off limits you you just got to check it out the whole east side of the lake is off limits um and since the big flood that we had a few years back there's a, a few other places a couple other beaches that are off limits now too Okay.
0: And you mentioned, I think a couple of times, but is, if somebody was coming up there, there people can camp. I mean, do people camp out there as well?
1: yeah yeah there's there's camps out there a lot there's a lot of really nice areas to camp actually beautiful beautiful camping obviously it just depends on the time of the year but yep uh when i went out there yesterday there was some guys just set up with tents right on the beach where they were fly fishing
0: there you go yeah so there's that and then and the lodge or what would be so the winner of this i i think um maybe it's not a lodge isn't the the, the correct word but we're going to put them up i think in a place right on the lake is that at, yeah
1: it's yeah yeah at the lodge at the pyramid lake lodge and yeah, it's uh, you know, they've got double wides and, you know, camp trailers, and then one place that we try to get when we do things like this, the big, uh, three bedroom, two bath house with the wraparound deck and barbecue, and you know, it's just up above the lake, and yeah, it'll it's it'll be sweet. Okay, cool.
0: All right. So I'm just thinking back again, you know, to getting prepared for the trip. So if we're heading there thinking about fly fishing, we're going to have a, you know, eight weight, whatever, 10 foot and, you know, a dry. It depends on what you're doing, but it sounds like here you're going to bring a little bit of everything because they could be balanced leeches. They could be. uh, Are you doing coronamids and stuff like that? Or is it mostly balanced leeches or stripping? Stripping flies?
1: Uh, A little bit of both. Yeah. The balance leeches and the stripping was working about the same, um, you know, a month or so ago. I'm not quite sure. I, I think what's happening now is they're they're changing. Uh, they're moving to the coronamid diet. I think mm-hmm. now, um, you know, balance leeches in the morning and then as it warms up a little bit, the coronamid And they are specific. Uh, they're huge compared to the, what you're used to fishing as a stillwater fisherman. So get the albino wino and the right coronamids that are made for pyramid lake and they okay. have them at the lodge there yep. uh specifically tied as, as well as the stripping the stuff you need for stripping they have if you're coming here to strip and that's what you want to do you're going to want a popcorn beetle or a booby fly
0: oh yeah know, the, the booby the, the, the phil Roy fly which is uh i had phil Roy on in a previous episode i'll put a link to that show which was awesome phil's kind of like the rock star of, of Stillwater so um so that was awesome yeah yeah
1: Yeah, the his uh if he's the booby fly guy well he's the man because those things have been crushing it he is yeah and it's such a beautiful action (laughs) those things you know
0: yep yeah it kind of it's a fly basically it kind of floats right a little bit
1: right right and that's what these fish you know these fish even most of the time when i'm fishing them with plugs or jigs or whatever we're relating to the bottom all the time we're bouncing things off the bottom we're dragging things off, yeah. On, you know, whatever the case may be. So, and that's where those the stripping those bugs come into play. You, you're, you, and that's why you use a short leader, yeah. Um, and that's why you use you know the foam booby or the beetle. Um, that's you know cool. you're just a couple inches off the bottom.
0: Do you know? Uh, do you know Phil Roy? You heard of him? I haven't. No. Yeah, yeah. You got to check him out. He's. Um, He's up in Canada. I didn't know about him either when I started the podcast a few years back and um I heard about him through another guest I had on and yeah, he's um I mean, he is the Stillwater guru. He's written, I mean, a ton of stuff and Brian Chan is the guy that I actually heard about. It's Like him and Brian Chan are these Stillwater guys up in Canada. But yeah, that's his Balanced Leech. He was part of the he was part of developing the Balanced balance Leech and um the Booby Fly and his cr- Coronamid Cor- Cor- um he's got a really popular Coronamid as well. Um, I'll put a link to some of that stuff. But, yeah, I think it would be – you know it would be kind of cool? I'm sure he's fished Pyramid. I mean I, I would be surprised if he hasn't. But it would be ful- uh, cool to get Phil down to Pyramid to fish with him. Cool. I, I'm not sure if we can do it on this giveaway. But I'll I'll, I'll reach out to him and, and check because I think, you know, to have that guy on – you know what I mean? You definitely learn some stuff. Oh, himself. what
1: a great – yeah, what a great uh, resource to have. I mean I'm sure that guy has got incredible wisdom on that kind of stuff
0: yeah totally i'll I'll check in for sure yeah see if he's fish pyramid um if he hasn't i'm sure he'd be excited to get down but um okay so we've covered a little bit we've covered you know kind of the the 222 i talk about on this show the top two tips top two flies top two resources you've talked a lot about the good flies what about you know tips wise is are there any just general thinking fly fishing you're out there on a ladder any tips that you would recommend for somebody who you know help them get their first fish out there
1: uh yeah uh persistence for for fly Mm -hmm. fishing out here and um, you know our boy Brian from Got Fishing. The first time I brought him out here, he actually stuck with it longer than anybody, and was rewarded with a you know 12 pound fish. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, stick with it. Persistence. Those those fish move in and out of those ledges quick. Um, you know the other thing is too that has helped me over the years is is thinking outside the box a little bit. Um, so if things turn off and the traditional things aren't working, you know don't be afraid to do throw something stupid out there you know i have thrown some big twister tail jig head like striper flies out there and started catching fish when nobody else was so a couple tips i would say you know be persistent you know don't quit yeah and maybe think outside the box a little bit when things
0: get tough try to mix it up and yeah and that's um you know that's one. That's definitely a good one. I think that, uh, like we said before, the, the gear thing is a great example of that. I think a lot of the stuff that Kelly, you know, developed, you know, back in the day was based on um, some of the bass fishing, right? So that's something yeah. I would have never thought of, but it makes sense.
1: Yep, and it works for these big fish. I mean, you got to think that, you know, we're catching fish on uh, certain plugs that are five or six inches long. Some of them are even longer than, bigger than that. Right. So. You know, guys are pulling out balance leeches a lot of the times that they're used to catching rainbow trout on, uh, not going to cut it. You know, sometimes yeah. they work, but... yeah, uh,
0: Is that the case, you know, when you think about c- catching big fl- fish again, if you're tossing flies? I mean, uh, are guys tossing gigantic? I mean, is it the big... I know the bigger isn't always the bigger fish, but do, 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 is there any truth to that at all?
1: Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, um, yeah I you know, some guys... You, you, they'll catch a 20 pounder on a little tiny coronamid or, you know, catch a, you know, I caught a, I caught a, you know, a small trout out here on a eight inch plug yesterday too. So I don't think that size necessarily matters, but they do key into certain things. Um, and if they're, if they are keyed into a certain size minnow and which is what your balance leech most of the time is duplicating, um, yeah i mean i think there's a lot of times out here where people don't fish big enough stuff um mm-hmm. you know you can hardly get a balanced leech that's big enough in my opinion but. Yeah, yeah and and there's
0: a lot of um i mean wind right is a is a good thing out there because it's kind of bringing um, the food in i guess but it's also tough casting is that an issue are you casting against the wind
1: it should be yeah um so uh, you know it that's the other thing, too. I mean, you don't need – when the wind's blowing, you don't need to be very far away from your ladder to catch fish. So don't be intimidated. Mm. Um, learn to fish in the wind a little bit. Uh, you want it to be windy, and you want the wind to be coming in to your ladder or at least across. If it's blowing away from you, um, it, it move is usually the key. So okay. a lot of times when we pick a spot for fly fishing, we don't even know where we're going until we see the lake. We see the lake. If there's waves yep. coming into a certain beach, that's where we go. That's where you go. That's where
0: you go. Okay, and and then how do you choose where to put the ladder? How do you know how de- you know where that channel is and the
1: depth and stuff? You just kind of walk out. Just oh, okay. walk out slowly with your ladder. You know, just making sure you don't fall off that ledge, and you just get as as deep as you can. Set yep. it up. You know, you get up to about just below your nipples and set her up. No, oh, no kidding. Climb up there, yeah.
0: So so you set up as deep and and you mentioned the the water is higher this year. So I'm just trying to get a picture of that ledge. So this is a, a like a bedrock ledge or ro- I mean is, and it that's not changing, right? So as water depth changes, does that affect the fishing?
1: Yep. Absolutely. It changed everything. Um it, one it and, and it's not always bedrock. There's there's rocks and boulders, but a lot of it's sand. It's almost all sand out to the shelf and another sand drop and and yeah, the water coming up has changed the dynamics of the lake considerably um a place that used to be the most famous uh the most pressured piece of water called the south nets um indy forever as long as i've known there's not even a you can't even fly fish it now because the water it's a big shallow kind of a flat um and the ledge is so far out in the water now that the fly guys can't really even get to it yep so that's Unless it. you're in a boat. So, that's your <laughs> boat, so
0: there are some places where you just can't uh, yeah depending on the water so how i' mean, again, I'm just trying to think so if somebody's gonna be going up on their own, like we said, the guide is a great thing you know to get, but if you were on your own, you just kind of have to explore and kind of try to find that well, I guess people are going to be fishing yeah. right, you can see where people are fishing right you
1: can see where people are, you can talk to people yeah. get some get a map yeah um, and You know, if you're if you're gonna go, don't be afraid to move around either. You know, get to a spot. You know, I see this I saw this happening yesterday. There was a guy just posted up with binoculars just watching some people. Mm -hmm. So either he was either he's not supposed to be within three hundred feet of a school or he was watching fly (laughs) fishing for (laughs) <laughs> that's right.
0: That's right. You never. You never know. You know that's the,
1: <laughs> yeah. Unless he had fly fishing stuff on his on the back of his truck. Otherwise, we'd have called the cops. That, we were, I was gonna you know? say
0: the. Uh, <laughs> you know what they say? The funny thing is, is that you know even the uh, the ex cons, the 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 criminals, they love recreating too. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so there's definitely people out there that are like full on they have done some crazy shit and it doesn't mean <laughs> you know I mean you just got to realize that.
1: Yeah, no kidding. They're not all great. Sports I always think that sportsmen are always the greatest people in the yep. in the country. I don't even lock my truck, but now now you told me that I've been It's
0: true. Things. Well, I you know, I've done some hunting too and I mean it's funny when you leave you, you got you leave your camp wide open, right? I mean, you got all so, this yeah. stuff just to be anybody <laughs> can go in there. But you know what it is? I think what it is is when you're out there, even the criminals for the most part it's like a different place you know what i mean like they yep. just know camping fishing you know you just don't do that out there it's, it's kind of i don't know I, I, that's my guess
1: <laughs> i think you're right i think you're onto something i've never had a problem
0: so. yeah, yeah exactly cool so well i think we've dug into a little bit on you know i mean we've just touched the surface i'm sure there's probably like we go so deep and i think maybe digging into the reno um shop and, and all that would be a good place to start and maybe who knows maybe i'll get mike or somebody else on to, to talk about some other things and dig in a little bit deeper i mean today i really want to just touch the surface because i did want to hit on the giveaway i wanted to give everybody an opportunity to promote that and and kind of um and talk a little bit about that so can you you know we are also not only we doing this trip to um to pyramid but we're going to be giving away some products can you talk about the products the companies you work with and maybe some of the products we're going to be giving away as part of this big uh, blast
1: yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, without the sponsors and without our products, and none of this stuff ever works out or ever happens. So, of course, I mean, you know, and over the years, I've been able to align with some of the the products and the and the companies that I and we mesh well with. Right? They're um, they're just great people. You know, we get to know the owners of these companies and the people behind the scenes, and um, and so that's kind of the companies that we work with are always, in my opinion, are the 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 best of the best Mm -hmm. um so we're going to be giving away products every three days i think is what we decided right i think we have a lot of people on board so monarch fly lines is one of them um they they're a company i've got to know really well uh monarch fly lines is out of colorado american made company um very cool different concept of fly lines check them out okay um they're environmentally friendly um i don't know if anybody out there, i mean i'm sure a lot of people know about fly lines but uh what i didn't know is there's a lot of fly lines the most of the fly lines the coatings and the stuff that's used to make them mm-hmm. uh, are terrible for the um you know the epa standards really way, terrible 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 and that's why huh. you, you you probably notice that the fly lines have changed a lot in the last few years with you know the coatings rubbing off and they crack a little earlier and break down sooner than you think and that's because the EPA was changing, the, you know, what's allowed because some of that stuff is so nasty for the environment. Uh, but anyway, they are a very cool company. They got great lines and they're eco-friendly mm-hmm. and they cast great and they last for a while. So, uh, somebody else, Adams Built Fishing, uh, they have a, a lot of good weight, you know, waders and boots and rods and reels and all kinds of stuff. Uh, we'll be giving some of their stuff away. Mm-hmm. Glacier Glove, same thing, just great company. Uh, good sun protection gloves, as well as they actually designed the first neoprene glove uh, for Pyramid Lake. That's kind of where hmm. they started here in Reno. So mm-hmm. that's kind of a cool tie-in. Yep,
0: that's uh, and I think that's the cool thing is that you know a lot of the you know I think in Adamsville is pretty local, right? They're they're in your area.
1: Yeah, they're in my office. <laughs> yeah, oh, there, yeah, yeah, that's right.
0: Because yeah, yeah. You're, yep, you, yeah I got, actually
1: have had a lot of uh, input on the design. Um you know we work on the stuff all the time with adam's bill that
0: yeah. 's right yeah uh, i remember Great. i remember when i met or I just talked to him I did meet him actually I met him at uh, I think it was i f t d is you know back uh, this year last year but yeah we we met before that just talking and um yeah, it was cool. That was the awesome thing when I first connected to you is that, that you had that connection and I already kind of made, you know, it's a small world, obviously. So, you know, yeah. it, it makes sense, but cool. So that gives us a little perspective. We got some other products. I'll put um, I'll put a link to the giveaway and some of the other stuff we're doing you know, as part of it, um, before we, you know, get into the rapid fire round here to kind of wrap this thing up, did you have, you know, just on fishing, anything else you want to toss out there? I guess, you know, the resources is, is I think maybe the one thing it sounds like there isn't necessarily a pyramid Lake, uh, fly fish or, you know, fishing book or anything like that, but you know, probably YouTube and just your general stuff. Yeah. Go search lots,
1: it yeah lots of YouTube stuff, lots of how to stuff, do some research. It's, it's fairly simple, honestly.
0: So yeah, so I'm looking at I just did my Google search and I've got um you know pyramidlakeflyfishing.com comes up a lot, pyramidflyco.com, uh sageflyfish pyramid lake perfect setup. So there yeah, there's definitely sage um five five things I'm glad I I did at Pyramid Lake from Orvis, you know. So, you know, this is right. you know, you got the big companies out there and so here's a question for you on the companies and I've been you know, as I'm getting this, you're, you got 12 years and you're, you're quite a far ahead of me in in the industry stuff. And I know you kind of do both, you know, it's interesting because you think of some of the bigger companies, like we said, the Sage, the Orvis, um, you know, Sims, all those stuff. Have you tried to, you know, reach out to those bigger companies and, you know, kind of for promotional sponsorships and stuff, or is that something that's just harder to, to connect with them since they're at this higher level?
1: Yeah, it's, it's tough. Um, you know, Orvis, Patagonia, yeah. Sage, Sims, um, you know, they have their guys. Yeah. It's, it's tough. Um, and they, you know, they have, you know, I'm not, I'm not their league, I guess. Well, you're, you're
0: not an insider, right? You're, you're kind of right. doing a little bit of both, and, right?
1: And I know, like, I, I did a whole show on the Delta with jo- uh, John Sherman from Sims,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, one of their reps and one of their head guys or whatever. Um, so, I mean, I, I know the guys and stuff, but. Yeah um you know when you already when you align yourself one of the things that i've been really i really try hard with my show is to align myself with good companies that i can back and talk about and help promote for long term you know i don't want i don't want the fans of my show to be seeing me telling telling them like hey this adams built stuff is great you know it's the best it's great and then the next year saying oh my new Orvis is the best and Then <laughs> the next year oh sims is the best yeah. you know which happens a lot and yeah. it's, phony you know it's yeah. not real and yep you know i've tried to align myself with these brands that i know that i can get behind you know sometimes it doesn't work out but most of the time i've been with these companies for yeah it's as long as i've been doing it glacier glove is one of my it was one of my first sponsors ever that's so, cool
0: that's cool no yeah. it makes total sense in fact that you know um i do a little promotional stuff here and uh, i mean i guess affiliate marketing is some of the, the technical term which is you know kind of a little bit of a spammy term but it, it makes sense you know and when i got into thinking about which rod i was going to you know promote and say hey here's the rod that i i think you should get if you need a rod especially if you're starting out um you know echo is is the rod that i recommend and it, it's you know, it's a great company. It's, you know, they, they got a great warranty. They're just, you know, amazing, you know, in all this stuff, but they're not the highest end, you know, they're, they don't, you know, they don't cost as much as a Sage. And you know, I think that's the good thing. But the the thing that I don't do is say, you know, here, get this rod from Echo and also get this rod from Sage. And you know what I mean? Because right. it just muddies the water, you know, people, they don't, if they want a rod, you know, tell them what rod you recommend. Don't tell them 10 rods
1: yeah exactly so. and and all you know we there's a lot of good product out there now and like you said echo echo makes a great rod and mm-hmm. they're great dudes like tim and i know a lot of the same people oh cool um you know the, the jurassic lake guys oh, the yeah. golden Dorado fishery down there in fact i'm going to sci here in a few hours to go have lunch with luciano who owns jurassic lake lodge and the all or right. not jurassic lake lodge it's estancia laguna verde on jurassic lake but um and then he owns the the Golden Dorado River Cruiser as well. Oh, cool! And I know Tim knows them guys. Too. What's what's SCI? Uh, Safari Club International. So uh, mostly big game kind of hunting stuff, but it's in Reno, and oh, a dear. lot of my fishing, a lot of my fishing guys are there. Oh, cool! All right.
0: Well, yeah, Dennis, I mean, I think definitely we left probably some stuff on the table from from the fishing tips and tricks stuff. So I definitely, you know, maybe later on, I I talk about this the more that I do this the more I say, you know, let's get the, the next episode on you. So if you could come back. Maybe after we do this trip and stuff, we'll we'll get you and Brian back on and we'll do like a wrap up and talk, you know, about how the tr- the giveaway and the trip went. And that that might be a cool way to do it.
1: Yeah, and then we could maybe talk about what di- what we dialed in that you know those three or four days you yeah know, this is what worked so yeah, this yeah specifically this, you know
0: this would be fun yeah i think this giveaway is going to be amazing i mean basically the person gets this trip you know they they get a stay you know in uh, in a lodge and they get a get guided by obviously you have you grew up there it's so it's a good thing let's let's wrap it up here with a quick little rapid fire round I just got some quick little questions some are kind of random some are not so random and then we'll get out of here you got it so um, first on, you know, back to the show, Wild Fish, Wild Places. Do you know which episode is your most popular episode? I do not. Um, I don't. Okay. I, and, and if if you don't, the next question would be, what is your favorite episode? Or what's the one, you know, what do you think about, like, if you had to, like, send one person that who's never watched it to an episode, which one would it be?
1: Uh, season six, uh, the first episode of the season vampire fish uh that that was my favorite episode i think maybe we've ever
0: done really
1: (laughs) just because the vampire fish are such a cool fish and it was one of the things but we are going to africa in october so oh wow i trumpet
0: (laughs) no kidding what we're what's the africa trip
1: uh tiger fish namibia
0: there you go there you go so i heard a little bit about i think it might have been on another podcast where you were talking about just some of the trips and how things don't always go as planned. I mean, you're, you're doing these trips to these remote places and I can imagine you go to a lodge, right? Things are pretty much, stuff can still go wrong. But for the most part, you're going into like doing like DIY almost stuff, right? Is, is that, yeah. can you talk a little bit about maybe, I mean, have you ever been close to death or is there any trips, you know, I mean, it's been kind of crazy. What What would you say if you had to tell somebody that the craziest trip that you've, you've had out there?
1: Oh man, there's, there's a lot of different, uh, depths and r- yeah. rabbit holes we could go down that. Yeah. Um, I actually, we early on in our career, we actually got, uh, we were in Uruguay. We were fishing Brazil and we ended up in Uruguay and kind of got held hostage for footage, um, Mm. by this guy. When my producer wasn't giving him the footage he wanted, it was, he basically held us captive for six hours. And (laughs) yeah, it was, it was a little sketchy, man. You know, um, that and, um, we got into a little beef in Colombia on the border of Venezuela with some local fishermen, and that was touch and go for a little while. Yeah, it was it was a little scary. No kidding. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Well, we'll uh, I'll put um,
0: maybe I'll find a couple of episodes that, that I like and throw them in the show notes so they we can. Well, and I guess if they want to watch these, are, do they have to? Is there are there any things that are free out there? Somebody could just click through and watch what you have.
1: There is a lot of promotional promo videos. You can type in Wild Fish Wild Places. Uh, mm-hmm. pr- you know, th- you'll know, you see a lot of promo videos for other oh, companies okay. that we've done and stuff. But uh, stay tuned. Within the next uh, 20, 30 days, the new YouTube page will be launched. Um, so you can go to Wildfish Wild Places YouTube page. Oh, yeah. That would be great.
0: Yeah, how does that work now? So so basically you have this TV, um, the, um, the World Fishing Network, right, who I guess owns the rights to some of your shows. How does that work on YouTube? Can you start – promoting your old stuff or what's your plan there
1: they never own it outright they have an exclusivity for the first year um so we go to the network for the first year and then we go to amazon and 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 i own everything so i can put it out wherever i want
0: oh really so you can actually put you can put everything out on youtube if you wanted to
1: Yep, and that's what I'm doing. I'm just breaking it up into segments, so yeah. it's not as long for people to watch.
0: That's a great idea. Uh, you know, I'm not a big YouTube. I mean, I, obviously, I love YouTube, but I don't do a lot of stuff on YouTube. But um, I did talk to Colin um, with the new fly fisher, and he's got. Uh-huh. I think he's got. I want to say eighty thousand f- subscribers, and he it's just fly fishing, right? It's it's all fly wow. fishing. That's fantastic. I know, and that's what he was he was talking about. We dug in a little bit too, about the YouTube, like how he got there, and he was talking about it a little bit, but. You know, it's interesting. Like, you know, that's the amazing thing about YouTube because that's what he talked about. He was on, um, you know, he's got a TV show that's been on uh, NPR, right? For, for years. It's been longest running, I think fly fishing TV show, but eventually he was like, man, YouTube, right? He got into it back whenever that was. And YouTube is what, you know, that's like, I think that's the business. Yeah. Yep, so I think so. It seems perfect for you. I mean, it just seems like you've got a TV show. It seems like if you could uh, align your stuff right, it seems like you could have a crazy success with YouTube.
1: Yeah, I hope so. I hope uh, I I really hope it is um, successful. We are top seventy percent um, on Amazon Prime. So oh really? I know, yeah, I know people. I know it's getting out there. And I know people are really enjoying it. Getting a lot of messages out there. Oh and, cool. So yeah, I think I think your viewers will love it.
0: That's a good that's a good point. So on that line, how do you know you do your shows, you produce them, you've got people, obviously. How do you know when you're, you know, either kind of doing good or or, you know, not to you know, how do you get that feedback? How's all that work?
1: You know, it's it's it is tough to tell because you know, you don't have Nielsen ratings or anything like that, and those Mm -hmm. are tough anyway, but um (laughs) you know, running into people. I mean, that's a perfect example. Getting messages. Um we did a steelhead episode where um you know we dropped a steelhead you know and on the sea tuck. Oh, we wow. dropped it. Yep. I mean it happens, right? <laughs> yeah, it does, it does. And I left it in the show. Yeah. Um because it's real. Like that's one thing about Wildfish Wild Places. You're not going to see any BS. Um it's fun, but it's 100% real. If we lose fish, if we do not catch fish, we tell you and that's the way it's been from day 1 and I got a whole story we can go into that but I won't <laughs> um from day 1 if we don't catch fish, we tell the viewers we're not catching fish, and we want to know why, and we try to figure out why, and mm-hmm. we never we never BS that. And same thing with that. You know, yep. you drop fish. You know, I, I don't try to mishandle fish. I I care for fish. We use single barbless, and mm-hmm. anyway, we dropped a fish, and man, I tell you what, my freaking phone and email blew up no when kidding. those things went to air. Yeah, which is good. You know, people care guys were pissed, you know, and chewing my butt. And yep. Whatever, it's okay. And and uh, and then getting recognized, you know, that's the other thing. You know you're getting out there when you know I had a guy we were in Kauai a couple of years ago walk out of a shop and said, "Hey, you're Dennis from Wildfish Wild Places, right?" And you know, you're like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you get somebody messing with me. There you, know? you go. So anyway, that's kind of how we judge it. Lots of feedback and then obviously Amazon, we can track it.
0: Yeah, you can track it. Yeah. So you can see your growth on Amazon. Yep
1: yep yeah yeah gotcha
0: okay yeah no that, that that sheds a little insight on that um and so what about so you uh so sports did you play any um you know what was your main sport did you do any sports in high school and all that sort
1: throughout your life high High school i started playing football as a freshman um i got sacked by my own team you know on a scrimmage dislocated fractured my shoulder and i almost missed the opener of chucker hunting season <laughs> And I never played football again. Because there you go. Hunting is way more important. But I actually did golf. I golfed a lot from when I was ten okay. until I was eighteen. I actually had a scholarship to UNR, a small scholarship, if I wanted to play, oh, but cool. I did. I didn't want to go to school, so I said no thanks.
0: So there you go. So yeah, so <laughs> golf—that's pretty amazing. Yeah, and I—I've I've done played a little golf myself. It's definitely not an easy sport. A little, a little bit easier on the body than, than uh, football for sure.
1: And that's the thing that I I I love about it. Uh, at this point, I mean, I see all my friends that are my age and younger going in for knee replacements and hip surgeries and all this stuff yep. already. It's like, man, I still feel great. <laughs>
0: That's it. That's it. That's golf. Yeah. So you've been, it sounds like, I mean, you've been a lifelong, I mean, hunting, fishing, your
1: whole life sounds like. My whole, my whole life, man. I, I literally went on my first fishing trip with my grandparents when I was a year old, you know, obviously I didn't fish. I just, my grandma took me as a baby, obviously to go camping and, and, uh, yeah, I've been, uh, I have been in love with the outdoors. I, my whole life has been, juggled around to accommodate the most hunting and fishing i could do ever yeah
0: that's it and you've you've managed to change your whole life i mean it's pretty much the show and we haven't dug into some of your products and stuff but you're you're pretty much that this is your main source of income is the show the products you sell and all that
1: it is you know and i have some other businesses um you know we don't have to go i have storage shed facilities and manufacturing businesses and you know other things but this is my main source of income
0: there you go that's amazing. I, I, again, that's one of the things we've occasionally talk about here is to hear the stories because you know it, it's not always easy in the fishing, you know, f- fly fishing industry, to you know, to make a, a full time living on it. So, um, it's tough. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. really tough. That's cool. All right, uh, one last one before we get out of here. So, uh, music. Are you more? Um, do you listen to more music, kind of, or or podcast? What's your what music? You, music. Okay.
1: I'm a, I'm a I'm a metal guy, man.
0: Cool. <laughs> Give me a band. Give me a band. Something I can throw in the show notes. Some some uh...
1: disturbed. Godsmack. Oh, Godsmack. Yeah.
0: There you go. There you go. All right. (laughs) All right, Dennis. I uh, we're about there. Hey, in the next uh, six uh, to twelve months or so, any anything new coming up for you? Want to let us know?
1: Yeah. I just tell the tell everybody listening to just stay stay up on the social and uh, stay. You know, check the YouTube stuff out. Uh, But yeah, we're we're getting ready to roll with uh, season eleven. So we are going to be out and about. Um, yeah, heading down to Argentina to go golden dorado fishing and duck hunting. Um, we'll be in the Yukon chasing pike and you know grayling and stuff. Alaska doing a float trip in Alaska, nice. Africa. So yeah, just stay up with us. We got some cool stuff coming down the pipe.
0: That's cool. That's cool. And I'll put a link at um, wetflyswing.com dot com slash giveaway. That'll be a link to uh, so people can. Yeah, jump into that i think i'm going to post this uh just before it ends so there'll still be time to get in on it and uh so uh and if they want to find you it's just a wildfish yep
1: all the contact info's there and of course on social dennis Isbister, d-e-n-i-s uh dennis with one n Isbister. uh you can find me there and and uh yeah check it out
0: nice nice all right dennis hey thanks for coming on and uh shedding some light on pyramid i think uh you know, probably a lot of people have, have heard of it, uh, but I'm sure a lot of people haven't fished it yet. So I'm uh, we'll, we'll be sharing it when we get out there and do the trip. We'll, we'll let some, maybe get some photos, of some big fish. And yeah, man, we'll put it out there now, right? We got a chance legitimately at a 20-pound cutthroat, which just seems crazy.
1: It is crazy, and it's, uh, it's a blast. Looking forward to the winners coming with us. We're going to have a really good time. All right, man. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks. All right, see ya.
0: So, there you go. If you want to find all the show notes with all the links we covered, just go to wetflyswing.com slash giveaway. That's G-I-V-E-A-W-A-Y. If you want to enter the big trip to Pyramid Lake, just head over to wetflyswing.com slash giveaway like i just said um lots of additional products uh, there should be a couple still left here that you can win even if you don't win the big trip and i think we even have a second price uh second place uh, winner going to another fishing destination that we'll be talking about there i uh, just want to thank you again for somebody to check out the show today hope to maybe see you online or on the river